Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If the engine is near that, then like just the back of the boat, the, like it's just <laughs> the weight distribution would be... Yeah, not be good. Not be good. The front would be like you'd pop in willies in, in yeah. water if you, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Welcome back to the Random Theory Podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Grace. And in the Random Theory Podcast, we discover science in life around us. I like it. That was I, a good I one. Don't, that, uh, I feel like I was out of order. I don't remember. I, I, as I started that, I was like, how does Grace usually do this? You did good. You did good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, how you doing? How's things? <laughs> Living life, the smoke is back in New York, casting weird shadows yeah. everywhere. So that's not great. Michael no. and I bought an air purifier. Oh, good. From good. the last go around. So I'm not super concerned. It's been cranking out. We don't really have our AC going. Um, mm-hmm. it, it looks like hazy outside currently. Real weird. But, you yeah. know, it's life. Be how it be. Canada's still on fire. So <laughs> unfortunately, that was I was going to say, because we talked about this, I think maybe the last one we did as well, which we're yeah. recording this close together, but just saying that it was coming back. And yeah, it, it was that thing of like, I mean, we talked about it in the la- the one before that about the whole news thing about the Titanic sub and how annoying it is the news. Yeah. But I had that thought. I was like, oh, yeah, what's going on with Canada? Canada is still burning <laughs> aggressively. <laughs> And it's like the second that that is not like the most interesting news, you know, the second that New yeah. York is no longer uh, an apocalyptic zone, no one cares. No one's, <laughs> no one in, no, cares. you know, people, people aren't reporting on that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Our air quality is not good today. If I was someone that's like outside working out, like pass. All of it all around. Very unfortunate. Hopefully. Yeah. Something happens soon. They can get a handle on the wildfires. I don't know. Fingers crossed. What about you? What you been up to? Uh, dude, not much. Not much. Same old stuff. Just band and other random Same junk. Same shebang. So, I'm here know, for Luckily, it. no wildfires here yet. Nice. Yeah. Normally, Utah gets smacked pretty heavily. I feel like the last yeah. two years like have been real bad in the summertime. Yeah, they have. There's been really bad ones either in Utah directly or somewhere in like one of the neighboring states and it just settles in hard here usually well texas is quite literally on fire right now i've seen that there's what's (laughs) so can you explain what what i've seen like there's some name of some current or something i haven't looked at the current but i know there's a giant heat dome um just sitting over texas and it's basically kind of how we talked about previously where you have this high pressure system that's just sitting that's basically Mm. what's happening in texas and there's not a low pressure system strong enough to come in like move it out of the way so uh texas is just quite literally on fire yeah i that's awful i that would be unbearable really so oh uh so before we started recording um 
you had me- you mentioned something briefly, and I was like, "No, shut up. Let's let's talk yeah. about it." <laughs> Literally, like that was my reaction. I was like, "Don't, don't talk, don't talk." So what? <laughs> I just can't imagine being in school or in college at this point with like the world of AI happening. Right. So you saw it was like a what did you say it was some was it New York Times or what was it? The Times. The New York Times. They call it the Times now, I think. Literally it's called like AI hits American schools. Um and like basically they're banning AI in schools. Um which, you know, to me kind of makes sense. But at the same time, like if I was a school system and I was a school I would be figuring out how to teach these kids how to actually use AI to like benefit their lives and like to use it because like I talked yeah. about with the coding podcast like this is where the world is going like this isn't going away like you need yeah. to learn how to like use it properly I know me as a student I would have taken full advantage of AI I wouldn't have done oh, yeah. oh, any yeah. work I would have had it write papers I would have had to do x y and z but my sister in college she was a ta and apparently she had a couple kids turn in lab reports and now everything is ai checked so like she had some kids turn in lab reports and basically like an ai flag came up of like this was created by ai so like they have ways to like see if it's like real or not like she could even copy and paste it into like chat gpt or whatever it was and be like did you write this and it would say yes or no but did you see that news article though it was a couple weeks ago maybe a month or two i don't know uh, that came out i think it was out of like texas somewhere that some professor did that and it wrongly said that it wrote it and he oh no i did not he failed the entire class wow and then you know somehow they worked through it and found out oh no chat gpt was wrong well that's the other thing is chat gpt can be wrong oh it because can be not very everything wrong. Yeah. on the internet is true and it's yeah. learning from the internet so like yeah i'll be honest like i use chat gpt to do our like community questions um yeah. like when i set those up like uh, I'll be like, hey, give me 50 fun, random, whatever questions. Uh, yeah. And I still go through and I like check them and make sure they're correct and factual and whatnot because I don't completely trust it. So I like that's what I yeah. mean when I'm like, we need to be teaching kids like just because AI spits it out doesn't mean it's right. I mean, it is like a really weird, it's, it's a weird time and it's super hard for everyone, I think. Because like, that's the thing is I was thinking back to like when I was in school, high school mm-hmm. or whatever like i was i would have been the same way as you like i would have been so deep in it <laughs> using it for every like any way i could but like it's also the same thing of like even when i was in school there were so many of those things about like cheating and like oh using like uh, suspecting them of cheating in this this website and this thing like spark yeah. notes or whatever for like a book report Oh, like, there is am- nothing more <laughs> annoying than when your teacher was like, if you had smart notes, you're going to fail this test. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, so it's like that was so I, annoying to me. I can't imagine being a teacher now or, you know, no. school district or whatever with AI where it's it's like even worse. But I think you're you're totally right. It's like, well, we don't need to just like condemn it. Because it's not mm-hmm. going anywhere. It's like when we when we did that podcast about uh, addiction and we talked about alcohol and and other yeah. like substances, where it's like the smart move is not to just ban it and never talk about it because then 
you have all these kids are going to get curious and use it mm-hmm. probably in a nefarious or incorrect way. Yeah, they need to they need to be educated on it and yep. then maybe use it in a constructive way. Use it as a tool, which is what I think yeah. AI is now and is hopefully still going to be for a lot of people in the years to come. I mean, technically, we've all been using AI forever. Like in college, I would use AI to like teach me how to do a math problem. Like if I was doing the homework and I didn't, I like literally could not figure out how they were getting like how to get an answer. Like I would go in and like plug it in and like to these different websites and it would show me step by step how to do it. And AI can do that. Uh, And that was, I mean, technically AI, like it's a calculator. But I don't know. It's just one of those things that I think if we learn to use it as a tool for success, like it can be like another like thinking partner alongside you. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. It's just kind of interesting. I'm very curious to see how it all plays out. Can I live for like five, ten years where nothing remark, nothing's making the history books, you know, it's just like, eh. Yeah, I feel like I don't even know how like you write this chapter of history in a book. Like fifty years from now, yeah. like what are they gonna say about us? Like oh, I yeah. feel like in fifty years we'll look back and this will have been the new age of technology. Like we'll look back and like yeah. this will have been like one of those like turning points, like where like all of a sudden like there was internet and that was like a new age and then there were right. cell phones and that was a new age. And now we're in like yeah. this another new age of technology and all this yeah. stuff. So I think it's really interesting. It is. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But uh, my kids are one to... day are going to be like, Mom, do you remember when AI came out? And I'm going to be like, yes. And like, how did you survive before AI was a thing? Like, what yeah. did you even do? I'd be like, well, I independently thought for myself, sweetie. <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> you did what? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, we're taking a step back in time today. Yeah, no AI. No way. <laughs> there was no AI here. That is for sure. These people figured it out all on themselves. I don't know amazing. how, but they did. It's amazing. Yeah. Some serious, just like old school engineering right here. Old school engineering. Is it exactly, yeah. exactly right? Let's see. I have a rating and review to read. Okay. Yeah, hop into that rating and review from Apple Pod. Uh, mine is from Apple Podcast. Five-star review from the Kroots fam. Thank you, Kroots fam. Nice. Oh, they titled it OGRT. Love that. Okay. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you, Kroots fam. Uh, they said, hi, I had a comment about the coding episode. Wonderful. Uh, First Lego League is an organization that gives youth a chance to code and use critical thinking and problem solving by coding the robot to do different tasks such as lifting, pushing, pulling, and such. I speak from experience that... You use a lot of critical thinking. Me and my team face so many challenges by making different attachments and designs of the robot and projects. Read more on that. Thanks, Scott. Scott, I was a part of the first Lego League back in middle school. Really? I was the only (laughs) I was the only girl. (laughs) Oh, right on, right on. (laughs) <laughs> but I, I thought it was so fascinating to like program a robot and uh, we would each take turns like taking it home and working on the code. So I was in charge yeah. of making it follow a line. Um, yeah. And that was like the first experience I had with it with like critical thinking, problem solving and like teamwork. And yeah. I think every kid should do the first Lego League. Um, it's amazing. I'm obsessed with it, truthfully. And I think it is so fantastic. Was that... Was that like a school thing? You had that at your school? Yeah, it was like an after school club thing. 
Right. So we didn't have that at my. Uh, <laughs> we didn't. We didn't. There wasn't too many, but I had the Lego robotics like set. Yes. My yeah. Own, my own self, and I. So mm-hmm. I was like my own first first Lego league. league. <laughs> yeah, first Lego league. That's awesome. Um, we actually went and competed. Really? Yeah. So you go and compete oh. uh, against other schools and stuff. They might have changed it, but each year there's like a uh, problem that has to be solved. And oh yeah, the the year I did it, it was traffic. Like, how do you fix traffic? Oh, that's interesting. Very and it, and it's like middle schoolers, and so it's like our perspective yeah. on traffic and like how you fix that's it. That's cool. So yeah, it's a really interesting. It's a lot of fun. That is a prime example of like having that thought experiment for middle schoolers who are eventually going to grow up and hopefully make changes in the world. Mm -hmm. Like stuff like that needs to exist and it needs to be more common because people need to be thinking like that. They need to have those thoughts. Yeah. It's one of those things that I love. Like I look back on it and I'm like, I wish I would have stuck with it truthfully um, and stuck with robotics because I think it. Yeah. It was really cool and it also made sense in my mind because it was such a hands-on intangible thing that I was yeah. really able to understand it. I think it's why I love the Ray Robot video that we did because like that's something I fell in love with from a very young age was robotics and engineering and like understanding how it all plays together. Yeah. So thank you, Scott. Um yes. best of luck to you and your team. Let us know how it goes. We're yes, we're invested please now. Do. I am. Yeah. I'm very invested. I'm. I love this. <laughs> um. All right. I've got the email, which is uh the topic for this week, pulled from our email randomtheorypod at gmail dot com. This definitely plays into uh the engineering and critical thinking that we we're just talking I, about. Yeah, yeah. Definitely some serious critical thinking went into this. Um, this comes from Colin. Hey, Colin. And he says, "I have a pod idea for you. How?" does a steamboat work Hmm. and i have a knock knock joke for you ready oh i like it yep knock knock who's there tick tick who tick him up this is a robbery tick him up this is a robbery (laughs) oh that was a good one colin man we've had some good jokes lately it has i feel like we've been on a real run of some quality humor yeah (laughs) Guys, if you have a rating and review, drop them on Apple Podcasts or send us an email at randomtheorypod at gmail.com. Your ratings and reviews help us out tremendously. And if you are not subscribed to the channel, make sure you are subscribed and have those downloads turned on. Yes. Got to have the downloads on. Absolutely. Um, So should we talk about the actual podcast topic now that we're like a half hour in? Uh, Yeah, that's how we roll. <laughs> we should, yeah, we should probably, we should probably jump into it right after this ad. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to sixty with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus Sales Event now through April first. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Imagine living off nothing but coal and water and still having enough energy to run it over 100 miles an hour. Wow. That is exactly what steam locomotives do. Oh, yes. Although these giant mechanical dinosaurs are now extinct from most of the world's railroad systems, the technology still lives on in all of our hearts. Have you ever actually seen a steam uh, locomotive? Uh, I wrote, uh, I don't even know if I wrote on one technically. Like it was when I was little. I've, I've seen yeah. them like up close, like. I've never seen one like actually like crank over. Like, like doing its thing. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. I've seen one that's like decommissioned just sitting yeah. there. But I've never seen one just like ripping, which is a shame. I think it would be scary. I think it'd be cool. When I think about like old engineering, it's like the pinnacle. Like that is like just mm-hmm. represents kind of just old school engineering. And I, I think it's super cool. No, it is super interesting as well i completely agree um so i know that colin asked about steam boats and we're gonna get there but i felt like we had to talk about steam engines before and like locomotives before we got to like the steamboat the engine is a key key factor it is yeah so steam locomotives were powered by steam engines and they deserve to be remembered because they swept through the industrial revolution in the 18th and 19th century. And steam yeah. engines rank with cars, airplanes, telephone, radio, and television among the greatest inventions of all time. This was literally the first time that we were able to travel like coast to coast. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like without trains, you couldn't go coast to coast. Goods couldn't be delivered. All that good stuff. You know, it's it's so interesting because, like, these marvels of machinery are excellent examples of engineering. But yeah. under all that smoke and steam, how exactly do they work? Yes. So the first thing we need to talk about is energy. So it takes, abs- it takes energy to do absolutely anything that you can think of. To ride on a skateboard, fly on an airplane, to walk to a shop, to drive a car down the street. And most of the energy we use for transportation today comes from oil. But that wasn't always the case. Mm. So until the 20th century, coal was the world's favorite fuel and powered everything from trains and ships to the ill-fated steam plane invented by American scientist Samuel P. Langley. I did not realize that there was a steam plane. <laughs> I didn't either until I, I wrote this. I was like, can you imagine? Yeah. That's very interesting. <laughs> uh, he was actually a rival of the Wright brothers. Okay, sure. Of course, you know. All, all great inventors. Yeah, all they all yeah. have a rivalry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what is so special about coal? There's lots of it inside the earth. So it was relatively inexpensive and widely available, mm. which makes it, you know, that makes it really nice to get sure. your hands on because it's everywhere. Uh, but it, coal yeah. is an organic chemical which means it's based on the element of carbon uh coal Mm. is formed over millions of years when the remains of dead plants get buried under rock and squeezed by pressure (laughs) and then cooked by the earth's inner heat (laughs) (laughs) nice okay yeah which is why they call it fossil fuel if you've ever been confused about why we call them fossil fuels it's literally because the coal forms over millions of years by the remains of dead plants that are buried under rock and squeezed by the pressure of the earth. Yeah. 
Uh, so lumps of coal are really just lumps of giant energy. Uh, the carbon inside them is locked to atoms of hydrogen and oxygen by joints called chemical bonds. And then when we burn the coal or catch it on fire, the bonds break apart and the energy is released in the form of heat. Still the yes. same concept of today. Like if you have a coal, uh, what's it called? Like a briquette or a charcoal grill. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's this exact same process. Like you're heating up like these lumps of coal, they burn and they release heat. So here is where things get interesting. Okay, I'm ready. So coal contains about half as much energy per kilogram as cleaner fossil fuels such as gasoline, diesel, and kerosene. And that's one reason why steam engines have to burn so much coal. That's why you like throw kerosene on a charcoal fire to get it yeah. like stoked and stoked and going and burning. Yeah, you use one to get the other going. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it takes charcoal an immense amount of time to get to a hot moment. Well, and I feel like you need more of it to sustain mm -hmm. that hot temp. You yeah. know, I mean, that's why those trains that we were talking about had a whole carts full of coal just to fuel that engine. Okay, now that we know all this goodness about coal, there's four parts of a steam engine. Uh, there's okay. a fire where the coal burns. There's a sure. boiler full of water that the fire heats up to make steam. Mm. There's a cylinder and piston, uh, which is like a giant bicycle pump. Okay. So sure. the steam from the boiler is piped into the cylinder, causing the piston to move from one way than the other. Yeah. And this in and out movement, which is known as reciprocation, is used to drive the machine. Right, and that would be the final piece of the puzzle. Yeah, so the machine is attached to the piston. Right. And that could be anything from a water pump to a factory machine or even a giant steam locomotive running up and down a railroad or a boat. <laughs> right, so in the case of, you know, if you look at a video of an old train or whatever, there's mm -hmm. literally, I don't know what the exact term is for that piece, but there's a piece of metal attached to the piston that then is attached to all the wheels on the train that as it moves it spins those wheels yeah so yeah. what i gave was just like the the rundown the very simplified version and then we're okay. gonna dive in a little further so i mean in reality i say that there's these four things in reality there's hundreds if not thousands apart in even the smallest locomotives sure and steam yeah. engines like what I'm talking to you about is like the four basic principles about how a steam engine does a steam engine thing. Yeah, right. That's how true. does a steam engine steam engine? This is how. <laughs> <laughs> so inside the locomotive cab, uh, you load coal into what they call a firebox, which is quite literally a metal box containing a roaring coal fire. And it heats up the boiler, which is a giant kettle, basically, that's inside the locomotive. Mm. So these things were just rolling hot water. Dude, it sounds <laughs> so dangerous. Yes. Like, you have one big, like however many tons fireball. of metal, fireball, coal, like hot burning coal, and also that probably hundreds, maybe thousands of gallons of boiling water <laughs> as <Yeah>. well. <laughs> 
quite which the, is uh, insane thing yeah yeah not to mention we haven't even gotten to the moving parts yet <laughs> sure well okay the boiler in a steam locomotive doesn't look much like a kettle like you and I would think it would, uh, yeah. like to make a cup of tea, to heat water up on the stove or whatever, but it works yeah. in the same way, producing steam under high pressure. So the boiler is a big tank of water with dozens of metal tubes running through it. Okay. Basically, it would have a bunch of tubes that's taking that smoke and heat all the way through, and it's heating up that water. Right. That makes sense. And then the tubes run from the firebox to the chimney, carrying the heat and the smoke of the fire with them. Uh, and this okay. arrangement of the boiler tubes, as they are called, means that the engine's fire can heat the water in the boiler tank much faster. So it produces steam more quickly and efficiently. So the water that makes the steam either comes from tanks mounted on the side of the locomotive or from a separate wagon called a tender that's pulled behind the locomotive. Okay. Oh, so the, okay. The water, not all the water is stored in the locomotive. No. So the tender is also where they stored the excess coal. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So yeah, you know, like, so the tender would carry a water tank and the coal. And the coal. Necessary. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, and then the steam gathers in the boiler and it flows down into a cylinder just ahead of the wheels and then pushes a tight-fitting plunger, which is the piston, back and forth. And a little mechanical gate in the cylinder, known as a inlet valve, uh, lets the steam in. Yeah, okay. So this would basically be like a syringe, if you will. Right, yeah. So like it sucks in the steam and then pushes it out and then sucks it in and then pushes it out. Mm, okay. And then the piston is connected to one or more of the locomotive wheels through a kind of arm, elbow, shoulder joint thing called a crank and connecting rod. That thing gets ripping. If you look at a train, I mean, that's you said like a hundred miles an hour, and it's like this metal rod just going up and in and out and up and down around Cranking. these wheels, just going. So as that piston pushes the crank and connection rod to turn the locomotive wheels and powers the train, when the pistons reach the end of its cylinder, it can push no further. And the train's momentum, which is like the tendency for it to keep moving, carries the crank onward, pushing the piston back into the cylinder the way it came. So it's like once right. you get this movement going, it just kind of like does this thing and like maintains and like might not need as much steam. Right. Well, because the way it would work is... It's going to push the train forward. Yep. When the piston is moving outward, I think. Yes. Yep. Yep. And so then so basically you would get like you know, if you think of the the train wheel as it's 360 degrees because it's a circle. Um so you would have basically like 180 degrees of of push of actual yeah. like force. And then and then it's got to retract and push back out again so when it's retracting there's not it's not pushing it forward anymore but you got however many tons of momentum <laughs> from this train going that it doesn't matter like it's fine yeah. not to mention like all the weight from behind the train too that like once oh, yeah. this puppy gets going like i can't even imagine it stopping into like a, a yeah. station that seems well, just terrifying that is why you never 
try and cross a train track uh, when Ever. a train is coming because it does not stop. It, no. I, I mean, it might, but it'll be long after it's absolutely destroyed your car. So It's crazy. Yeah, I think you you laid a good example of how steam engines work. Obviously, using a train, I feel like that's a good yeah. that's a good way to like highlight it. But let's let's talk about the boats now. The boats. Have you ever been on a uh, steam powered little river boat? I don't think I have. No, I, I haven't never... either, and I really want to be on one. Yeah, it seems cool. I've seen one, I think, but I it's it, probably not steam. Actually, I'm gonna bet it's a hundred percent not steam. They have like <laughs> a one in um, Disney World, oh, like one yeah, of the classic yeah, yeah. looking, like with the paddles. Um, yeah. Maybe back in the day it was steam, but I highly doubt they're still burning coal to make that thing work. Yeah. But yeah, I've never I've never ridden on one. I haven't either. So the great steam-powered paddle wheel riverboat have piled the rivers of the United States for more than 200 years. And the Grand American Queen was constructed in 1995 in Morgan City, Louisiana. Okay. And it carries the tradition of the elegant 19th century steamboat travel. So this is the steamboat that like I learned about. I like read about it and the Grand uh, American Queen. Yes, was the was the one that came up when I searched like riverboats. Okay. Just like that's where like that came from. Just to give a little context, the Grand American Queen is said to be the largest river steamboat ever built. It was built in 1995. It was a six-deck recreation boat. That's crazy. And it has since been retired. It was retired in 2008, but uh. yeah, the largest, and it looks like a classic, you know, what you would think is like it's got <laughs> yeah. the big, big rotor on the back and stuff. Um, the cute paddles. The bit, Yeah, it's just cute, you know, it's just cute. The history of steamboats in the United States began uh, with the American inventor and engineer, John Fitch. Yeah, Fitch was the first to build and navigate a 45-foot steamboat on the Delaware River in 1787. His steamboat was a mechanical success, but he was unsuccessful at growing the business due to his high operational and constructional costs. Um, like okay. we said, it's expensive and takes a lot to like run these guys. Sure, yeah. So to understand how a steamboat works, we need to review some basic terminology. Uh, so there are four steam cylinders on a riverboat one high and one low pressure cylinder are on each side of the paddle wheel and then there's a steeple compound which means the seam is expanded twice within the engine with the two cylinders attached directly to each one because remember steam expands like it wants to spread yeah. out like it has more volume um and wants to like grow because those molecules yeah. and atoms are hot and they just want to like move and move and move and move and move um so they're like bumping into each other and have so much energy that they just want to like, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they're they're they want to party. So yeah, they want to have a good just, party. So yeah, the high pressure cylinder receives quote unquote live steam from the boiler to move their piston down the cylinder bore, and after the steam is expanded in the high pressure cylinder, it's exhausted into a low pressure cylinder, and the steam is then expanded again, allowing more work to be performed than just a single expansion engine. So, oh, wow. 
Yeah, which is really cool because like what we just talked about above was a single expansion where it just expanded one time and then right. was pushed out. So they're yeah. using the Steam two times before it's released. So this is a m- more efficient or effective yes. version of the train, the locomotive mm-hmm. steam engine. Interesting. Yeah, and, and steam boats were actually more efficient at doing this than locomotives. Right. I'm sure it's much easier to push a boat on water than it is to push a giant yes. train. <laughs> and also think about it, like they have access to unlimited amounts of water oh i didn't even think about that yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah all of this is making me now i'm just thinking about the steam uh steam plane that you mentioned yeah like, i, I how I the heck like, how does yeah, that I, I, the, you got to carry coal and water on board a plane <laughs> like no one's the food checking and a drinks. bag in that bad boy there's no, no. drinks <laughs> I love that you're like thinking about bags and I'm thinking about snack time on the plane. Like <laughs> You're like, where are my pretzels? Where are my sun chips? Yeah, where yeah. are my snacks? <laughs> the the Biscoff cookies. Where are those? Oh gosh. That's <laughs> hilarious. So the seam then expands again, allowing more work to be performed and then in a single expansion engine. And then the Tamden piston means that the high and low pressure piston are mounted on the same piston rod in the way that two people riding a tandem bicycle would be. Okay. So a double acting engine is powered by the steam on both the out and return stroke, which effectively doubles the number of cylinders, resulting in eight expansions in each revolution of a paddle wheel. So the engine is laying down rather than standing on end and is therefore said to be horizontal. And horizontally installed engines distribute the machinery weight over a larger area of the hull, thus reducing mm. the vessel's draft in the water. Because think, if it was vertical in the water, that sucker would be so deep in the water. Yeah, that's a good point. It would, you would you'd just be dragging the boat down. Also, you would just like hit into things as well. And then your stuff is really broken. Well, and especially too, if like, depending on where it is in the boat... Like say, because mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the paddle well or paddle wheel is in the back. Yeah. If the engine is near that, then like just the back of the boat, the, like it's just <laughs> the weight distribution would be. Yeah, not be good. Not be good. The front would be like you popping willies in, in yeah. the water if you, you know, I don't know. Really get going, going fast. Yeah, if you really start burning some coal and really pushing some steam, you might really, that front end of the boat's going to lift off yeah i wonder how fast a steamboat would have to get going for the the front of it because like that happens all the time with like speedboats and stuff yeah yeah well there it is steamboats locomotives steam steam engines i feel like yes yeah steam engines we got a real good view on how a steam engine works inside two different uses for it which is fascinating i it yeah. is fascinating because nowadays we just use gas, diesel, all that good stuff uh, because yeah. like we discussed before, it's just easier um, than using steam. Right. Well, and more efficient. Per, like, yeah. You know, the amount of gas to get the mm-hmm. same amount of energy, you would need way more coal to gas. Yes. But even like the pistons still exist today. Like that is still like what they use in your cars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're so, still running I mean, on it, pistons. It, 
the like the breakdown is still essentially the same, if you will. Yeah. Well, and we talked about that in our yeah. uh, podcast about how cars work. How a car cars. How I think it is yeah, it's literally called how does how do cars car? Yeah, that was cool. That was very interesting. I'm now like just talking about a steamboat. I, for some reason, the only thing that's popping in my head is I think there was like an old episode of Scooby Doo or like a movie that took yes. place on a steamboat. Scooby Doo Zombie Island. I think that's the one. Oh, that's a really. I good only one. know that because my family we were big Scooby Doo people. Well, so was I. That's like my favorite old cartoon, classic. Cartoon Shut up! No way. All right, Josh is going to go watch Zombie Island. I'm going to go try to make my own steam engine. Don't burn your, yeah, maybe don't (laughs) burn your apartment down. That feels dangerous. Yeah, that'd be really bad. I'm actually just going to go pack. That's what I'm going to do. Okay, Okay. well, less fun, but, you know. (laughs) Yeah. All right, science pals, leave us a rating and review uh, if you like this podcast on Apple Pods Mm -hmm. or send us an email at randomtheorypod at gmail.com. And you know what to do. Drop those emojis that we all love so much. We love you so much, OGRT family. And we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.